and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become real to us because we believe we can draw more power out of these scriptures when we see how real they are, and we need all the power we can get. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and I'm so happy to have with me today my friend and colleague, John Hilton, uh, who is just such a fantastic guy. Uh, he's a, a colleague of mine in the Department of Ancient Scripture, uh, writes prolifically, uh, teaches beautifully, uh, and, and it's just so powerful in so many ways. So welcome, John. Thank you so much, Kerry. It is great to be here. Th- thank you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so my wife, Lonnie, and I have six kids. We have a son who recently returned from his mission in Georgia. We have a daughter who's serving in the Leeds, England mission right now. So if there's any listeners out there in England, keep your eye out for Sister Hilton. Yeah. And um, we've we talked have... about this before, but my older brother served in the Leeds, England mission. So we we share a uh, family connection there. Yeah. Leeds connection. Yeah. And then we have four younger kids. Um, I, I have a podcast series as well. It's called Seeking Jesus. So if you're interested, you can either on YouTube or in whatever podcast app you listen to explore the Seeking Jesus podcast, which is just a, a course that's centered on Jesus Christ and learning all we can about him. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Is that something you do like so many episodes a year or it's just a, a course that they just go and, and watch? Uh, what, what, tell me more about that. Uh, so it's it's kind of designed to mimic something like an institute or a college course. So there is a finite number of classes. There's 28 classes. Each one's about 30 minutes. Um, there's a website around it. So there's readings and questions and PowerPoints. There's a lot kind of like what you would expect with the course. There's lots of materials around it. But if you're like, whoa, that's too much. I just want to listen to the podcast or watch the videos. You can do that too. So kind of 28 classes like you would find in a maybe something like an institute class. Perfect. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, great. Thank you. So okay. here's what John and I are going to, to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, the city that the Savior seems to have spent the most time in, about the house that he's in, and about a particular miracle, the miracle of, of healing the paralytic, and what that should have to do with our lives. I think you're going to really enjoy this discussion. Well, all right, John, with all of that, uh, we know that there's a, a story uh, that today you're going to talk to us about that has become particularly real to you. So would you please uh, jump in and, and take us through that? Yeah, let's start in Mark chapter 2. And I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version um, because I think it highlights a few small small tweaks that might help the story that we're familiar with become maybe a little more uh, real as we capture a few phrases in a different way. So in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When he returned, Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days. It was reported that he was at home. And in the King James Version, it's not 100% clear. The, the footnotes in our LDS Version do make it clear that, in other words, Jesus is in the house. He's at home. Right. So Jesus has a home base, and it's in Capernaum. And that was something that, I don't know, growing up, I'd heard of Jerusalem, I'd heard of Bethlehem, but it wasn't until I went physically uh, about six years ago on my first trip to Israel, when I went to Capernaum, and it's a small place today, just like Capernaum was a small town in the time of Jesus. And there's actually a home there that scholars don't know for sure that this was the home of either Jesus or Peter, if Jesus is staying at Peter's house, but it, it appears from early graffiti, and I care you're an expert in this area, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears that even as early as the late 
um, first century that yeah. Christians are, have marked this as a spot of prayer and some of the graffiti like connects to Peter. So right. scholars think that this actually really could be Peter's house. Yeah, I, I would I'd say that's correct, that um, by the end of the first century, so when there are still people who would have known like Peter or Peter's family that are still alive, right? When, when, when you're, you're close enough that, that they're probably someone who knew someone who was there. Um, they treat this house as something, they make it into a church uh, and a special kind of a church, not just a little place where people get together to worship for a cottage meeting, but it's a special kind of a church and, and it's connected with Peter somehow. So uh, I'm hesitant about a lot of traditional sites, but that particular one, I mean, I, I really don't know. But uh, I think that's pretty good evidence that this may really have been Peter's house. And as you said, uh, so, you know, the Savior talks about how he doesn't have a place to lay his head. He he doesn't seem to have a home of his own. Um, but this is referred to as like his house or the place he goes to. I think Peter opened up his house to to Jesus, and that seems to be home base throughout everything else. Home base is uh peter's house so. and again capernaum is a very small area so if this spot that's been seems to be identified is not it it's within a stone's throw yeah. of that spot and yeah. so being there on that ground seeing that and thinking okay whether this is jesus's house or peter's house according to mark 2 1 this is where jesus comes when he wants to be at home yeah. So verse two, so many gathered around, there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. He was speaking the word to them. Then some people came bringing a paralyzed man by four of them. So this is a storyline that we're familiar with. Originally, it seems like this, the four individuals carrying the paralyzed man went to go through the front door, but they couldn't. So they had to find another route. Yeah, and, and presumably think, because there's so many people thronging is why they can't get in right. the front door, right? It's not and like Peter locked them a, out. Right, no, exactly. And, and to me, that's a beautiful message in that, you know, sometimes we approach Jesus through the front door, but sometimes like whatever the traditional route would be isn't working for us. We have to connect with Jesus through a different way. It reminds me of Alma as he's trying to preach to the city of Ammonihah. He entered the city by another way. Samuel yeah. got up on the wall. Sometimes like, you know, just going to church, reading your scriptures, going to temple, that's going to really connect you with heaven. And sometimes you might have to go on the route, so to speak, to connect yeah. with Jesus. I, I couldn't agree more. And sometimes we struggle with, we want everyone to come to Jesus in the the the, the systematic way, right? And I'm not complaining against this. Like we want to have missionaries come and knock on the door and they want to teach so many uh, lessons. And so great. When, when that works, that's a fantastic way. But if we have someone who's coming a different way that works for them, let's still get them to Jesus, right? Let's, let's just get everyone to come to Jesus. So I, I, I agree. That's beautiful, John. So that's what the friends are doing. And and now, if and maybe notice... actually, uh, can I just interrupt? Uh, uh, sorry, but just before, uh, and, and I love that you're reading from a different version. I think that's fantastic. Um, we'll just point out uh, because while I, I'm, I actually prefer kind of, uh, and this is going to make some of our colleagues so mad at me, but uh, I, I kind of prefer teaching harmony uh, version, meaning we look at several different accounts of the same story at once. 
um, because I, my focus is, is let, let's get understand those stories in Christ and what's going on. But I don't want to lose the flavor of each gospel, and we've been trying to do that a little bit. So one of the hallmarks of Mark is that he just, he just keeps including verbs or adjectives and adverbs that make us know things are happening, right? It goes from here to here to here to here to here. And, it's, uh, and, and so we have that again here. As you said, at the end of verse one, it says he's in the house or at, at, at home. And verse two, the, the language in the King James Version, it's it's a little bit different. You were in NRSV. I can't remember which one. Yeah, NRSV. NRSV, which is a great translation. I love it. Um, it's uh, done just a little bit differently, but it, it still conveys it. But I want our, our audience who's probably typically reading King James to recognize this phrase. This is the typical Mark phrase to let us know stuff's happening. And it's the word straightway. Right, so you get mm. verse two, and straightway many were gathered together, in so much that there was no room to receive them. Right, uh, and he he really wants you to have this feeling that as soon as they learned Christ was there, stuff happened. Right, when where 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 Christ is, stuff happens, and it happens all the time. It gets just boom, boom, boom because of who he is and 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 the ministry he's about. And so that's the flavor of Mark that I just want to make sure that we were catching and also help the audience to keep looking for that, the Mark straightway phrase, um, mm. which is kind of his hallmark phrase. So anyway, sorry, keep going. But okay, uh, no, I, 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 just, I think it's fantastic that we know when they learn Christ is there, boom, people gather they want to be and there. Christ is not able to rest for long. He's, he's doing stuff for people immediately. So, yeah. Um, so then in verse four, when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And let's just pause right there because I, I don't know. Um, we just like, we know how this go. So we just read through it, but imagine that you're, let's, let's say it's Peter's house. So yeah. you're Peter, Jesus is teaching and you're like, amen. Yes. I love this. And then there's like a thud, thud. Boom. You know, like a section of your roof just comes down and Peter's like, what the heck, man? I just yeah. fixed that last week. You know? <laughs> yeah. So there's some humanity in this moment. Um, probably a lot of the people who are participating in the podcast today are fans of The Chosen. Mm. Uh, the Chosen has a great portrayal of this. And uh, just a little side note, if you're, if you're interested, um, I think it's hard to find scriptural scenes from The Chosen. Like you are like, oh, wait, what episode was that? What time code was that? Um, if you go to John Hilton, com slash the chosen, I've broken up all the scripturally relevant clips from the chosen by come follow me weeks. So if you're interested, oh, really? in what's, what's the chosen clip that relates to this week? I've pulled out like the five minute clip of this scene, for example, in Mark two, as well as all the others. Um, and it's kind of just, it gives you like that humanity, like, oh, this is actually someone's roof. And I don't know, how do you feel if you're at someone's house and you break something? It's really embarrassing. Yeah. Like, so how does Jesus feel like these people break the roof? But I love that Jesus doesn't make it awkward. Um, so they let down the nail with the mat and look at verse five, when Jesus saw their faith. So he doesn't say like, behold, you vandals, like, what have you done? Yeah. Um, so I love that Jesus saw their faith. He's seeing the good. But then we can also highlight the word there. Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the four friends who are carrying the paralyzed man. I think that's a really helpful message because sometimes we are the people who want to be healed, but sometimes we're really hoping for healing for someone that we love. 
Yeah. And we may or may not be able to metaphorically carry this person to Jesus, but we can put our prayers and our faith in behalf of this person. And I think this verse is telling us that the Lord will see and recognize our faith as we pray in behalf of those we love. Uh, that's beautiful and so needed right now. I, I, I really don't know very many people right now who don't have some loved one that is having some kind of struggle, whether that's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, uh, whatever it is. We, we all have someone we love that's struggling right now. And while their choices certainly matter, our faith matters as well. Uh, and I know in my own life, I've seen uh, miracle after miracle as we've been looking for miracles. And they're not always the miracles I want. Like, I'd like this, okay, one big wave your hand and the problem is gone miracle. Um, and I'm still hoping for that. But in the meantime, miracle after miracle after miracle, and I would say in, in some ways largely because of my wife's and my faith as we're trying to help some people uh, that aren't always anxious to be helped, so, um, or at least not in the way we'd like them to be helped. So anyway, yeah, uh, that's uh, and that's uh, talking about a number of people, uh, so don't try and guess who I'm talking about, uh, my audience. But anyway, um, but uh, we all know lots of people who uh, have their struggles, and I think faith does count for something. Yeah, amen. So in verse 6, or sorry, verse 5, Jesus says to the paralyzed person, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately, there's a mark and phrase for us, immediately yeah. took the mat and went out before all of them so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. For me, sitting there in Capernaum by Peter's house, thinking about these passages, this scripture became real. Yeah. Now, I want to be clear, you do not have to go to Capernaum to have a testimony of Jesus. And these scriptures can be real in Provo, Utah, or you know wherever in the world you happen to be. Um, but I just want to testify that Jesus Christ is one who can heal us, whether we have physical wounds or spiritual wounds. He is the healer, and I love how that's so clearly demonstrated in this story. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, and, and and maybe we can just even kind of follow this a little bit, because um, like you, you don't have to be there for it to become real. I mean, it can be helpful, and hopefully hearing from us can help uh, if you haven't been able to be there, um, but but let's let's continue with it. Like, once you start picturing it there, let's start continuing to picture right i i i'd like to think okay well what happens when he walks in home i don't know is he married does he have children and he hasn't been able to walk for a while and suddenly dad walks in the door or is he someone who his parents have taken care of him for forever and uh it, this has taken over their whole life because they're taking care of this son who can't walk and your son walks in the door 
can can you imagine that feeling and that's that's part of what i like to think of so certainly these four friends were blessed by this miracle certainly the the paralyzed man was blessed by the miracle but think of all of the other people who were blessed by this healing and and we'll talk in a minute about the people who are blessed by the faith that's inspired by that healing but but the people who were blessed because this man walked in the door of his home and and was able to you know help the family in whatever ways he couldn't before what an incredible gift the savior gave really the entire community in that way but then then we have uh, this whole interplay of the Pharisees, right? Well, he can't forgive sins, right? And this is one of those times where we have a miracle that was specifically designed to show the Savior did have power and had the ability to do things beyond even that miracle. It was designed to show he had the power to forgive sins. And and that's remarkable. We don't get that kind of thing actually in the New Testament very much. I'm talking about forgiving sins uh, that much. This is one of the times where he makes it clear, and it's hard to argue with. Okay, both of those things require a miracle, so if he can do the one miracle, why can he not do the other? And the kind of faith that that so clearly lots of people had faith that he could heal because they're bringing people to him to be healed, uh, and and that's wonderful. Physical healing, I, I mean, I'm not going to downplay that. Uh, if you've ever been struck with any kind of malady, physical healing, oh my, what a difference that makes. But spiritual healing may even be a level beyond that. And, uh, well, I, I, emotional healing, spiritual healing certainly is to, to be able to have eternal life, right? Certainly, certainly is a level beyond that. And so for them to realize this man can heal us not only physically, but spiritually, he can forgive sins. My guess is most people passed by it. It was like, whoa, look at that guy walking, right? But some have to have been paying attention to the interplay where he said, so that you can know that I have power to forgive sins, I will do this. And the ramifications for those who would let that rattle around in their head, the ramifications are pretty big and should be for us as well. All right, so maybe I'll just use... Uh, this example, I have, I've been healed before. I've had a, a, a sickness that I was sick and I received a priest of blessing and immediately made whole. Um, I know that happens. And if I'm going to read this scripture seriously, then I have to, I have to accept that that means Christ can heal me of my sins, that, that he can forgive me of my sins. And you know, I, I don't know that I'm particularly better at it than anyone else, but we're all pretty good sinners, actually. Turns out we're all pretty talented at this, right? We we can do, we can do it. It comes naturally to us because we're natural men, right? And uh, or natural women, whatever you want to say. Uh, so we all have sins, but the the thing is, I know I can be forgiven uh, because of this passage. And because I've seen healing and I, I know Christ has the power to do both, that should rattle around in all of our heads and and make a difference for all of us. So I don't know, John, you are, are, are uh, what else would you have to say about that? Help us uh, understand that a little bit better.
I mean, he really lived. This really happened. He really had a home. And as we know what happened to Jesus and through Jesus, it brings us so much strength in our lives. Amen. Amen, John. Thank you so much. Uh, and we hope that this is helpful for others and that you'll you'll uh, not only be edified, but maybe you'll find a way to edify some others with this. And that website is John Hilton III, right? For John Hilton III. John Hilton III, what? Dot com slash the chosen. That's where okay. you can, John Hilton com slash the chosen is where you'll find. But you can just go to John Hilton the third.com, right? Uh, and, and see all sorts of stuff. We want people to say, I'm sure you have great resources yeah. so they can see your other uh, resources as well. So uh, John you. does a lot to help people understand the scriptures. So take advantage of that. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day.